Hello, and welcome to The Leap of Faith. This is our final programme in the current series before we return in the autumn. Well, a little over 90 days ago, we spoke with nine people of different faiths and beliefs, each one sharing their own perspective as the COVID-19 lockdown began. As the easing of restrictions begins to gather momentum, with religious buildings and places of worship reopening next Monday, we rejoin those same people now to hear their reflections as well as their thoughts as we look towards the future. My name is Paddy Byrne and um, I'm a Catholic priest ministering here in two rural parishes, Abbey Leaks, Raheen, Shanahoe and in Ballyroan. And during the past hundred days or so in lockdown, life has been very different. Um, I would say very challenging. Um, whilst engaging with people, I think it's part of my DNA. I'm an extrovert. Uh, from the moment I was conceived in the womb, I had a companion. I'm a twin. So uh, I would say that sense of isolation has been exaggerated and uh, not being in contact physically with family, uh, with parishioners, um, very confined. And I suppose as well, for the first time in my ministerial priesthood for 19 years, I wasn't operating out of other agendas or everything on the diary was cancelled. And I found myself with a lot of free time and a busy person, uh, active and perhaps in fifth gear, uh, had to, by not necessarily choice, but by restriction, find himself in second gear. So I found that, uh, in, a, in a way, not being selfish, uh, a wonderful rest, but also, as we all did, um, challenging. Um, at times, my ministry was equivocated to misery. What I mean by that is, over the past 100 days, I've now celebrated 26 funerals. I've done tragic funerals, very sad funerals over the past uh, three months. Uh, I've had COVID funerals. Um, I decided with obviously diocesan regulations and HSE regulations that I would continue to celebrate requiem masses. I felt that was very important. Uh, with the confines and limitations of numbers, families uh, were bereft of the, the sense of presence at that very intimate and vulnerable moment of funerals but yet communities are fantastic and they were very creative in stepping outside their front doors just being present guard of honors keeping social distance but that was very very different um i'm just delighted uh, to come back to church uh, the lord said where two or three are gathered in his name uh, he is present and so uh, i think initially it'll just be so lovely to look down at mary murphy or tom mccarthy and to be able to know you're not on your own because i don't think liturgy was ever sort of devised for an individual it is a collective sense of coming together and together we are stronger and i think that has been demonstrated right throughout the country and indeed right throughout the world in the past four months living with pandemic. And we've already named our heroic frontline people in our country, but there are fantastic neighbours, there are wonderful siblings, there are kind and compassionate people who have cared and supported each other in a time of turbulence and vulnerability. Namaste, my name is Aparna. I have been living in Ireland since 2002. I work as a midwife advisor, but I also teach yoga and mindfulness. And for me, faith has certainly played a big role. I connect to uh, God because in Indian um, context, in Hinduism, we have God in various forms. 
The God that I feel connected to is Ganesha. And Ganesha has elephant head, if um, many of you might be actually familiar with how he looks. And there is a place in Roundwood in County Wicklow, and it's called Victor's Way. And that's where there are big, big statues of Ganesha. So it will be great for me to be able to go there. And I'm delighted that this faith has played a huge role for me that in these um, hundred days, this love of God and love to this universe kept me going. And I'm sure it is same for a lot of people who worship God in any form, especially for Hindus. They also have a small temples in their homes where they worship usually every day in the morning. And uh, it will be great for people who can go to their worship places um, but for us, there aren't really any temples as such. But for me, the best temple is the Victor's Way. And I'm so looking forward to go there and meet Ganesha. And I would like to say this little prayer in my love for Lord Ganesha is in Sanskrit. Sanskrit uh, is the ancient language. It's a bit like um, you have Irish uh, in Ireland but uh, it is like it was a language that existed many thousands of years ago and it is still is part of our religious text so i will say this prayer tumiva mata chapita tumiva tumiva bandhuscha sakha tumiva tumiva vidya dravinam tumiva Oh God, you are my mother, you are my father, you are my friend, you are my brother and sister, you are the knowledge, you are everything for me and I take refuge in you and I know that this love between us will, will help us to get through everything that it seems hard at this time. My name is Zalman Lent, rabbi with the Dublin Jewish community. And we are now hopefully uh, at a point where we can see the light at the end of the tunnel. Within the Jewish community, a big deal for us is the opening of places of worship, opening of the synagogue. And we've had, I think, it's been quite distressful for those that want to say the Kaddish, the morning prayer for parents that have passed away. So that's an 11-month process. And that's that's been difficult for children that have not been able to say that prayer with a quorum. So we have had online prayer, but it, it's just not the same. And so we've been looking forward to, you know, beginning in a, in a, what do they call it, like a soft opening, you know, of just a quorum of people that can say that prayer. And then we'll see how things go, whether we can open up, uh, you know, to the to the wider community. When we spoke the last time, you shared a blessing with us, which was to, you know, give people a little bit of strength for the weeks and months that were to come. Uh, have you similar thoughts for people at this stage who may be feeling tired, weary, exhausted, and and possibly not even yet brave enough to look to the future? Look, it's it's difficult. And I, depending on who I'm speaking to, you know, we've had a very busy time. We've had our family here and all the communal 
uh, stuff going on has been busy and um, it's very easy to forget that there are people that haven't spoken to a soul from for months and that's you know there are people that with starting to you know the claustrophobia the mental health issues that that can be of of course very serious i would just i would just hope that during this time we've realized the value of maybe some people in society that have been undervalued and definitely we're all aware of the work of the frontline staff so just a final thought as we head back on the journey towards normalcy there's a prayer that we have in Judaism. It's called Tefillat Haderech, the Wayfarer's Prayer. And it begins, May it be your will, O God and God of our forefathers, that you lead us towards peace and place our footsteps towards peace, guide us toward peace, and make us reach our desired destination for life, gladness, and peace. And it finishes, May you rescue us from all punishments that may come to earth. May you send blessing in our handiwork and grant us grace kindness and mercy in your eyes and in the eyes of all who see us. My name is Claire Dawson and I'm a member of the Baha'i Faith living in Dublin. Um, I think this current crisis and in fact some of the other crises that are happening concurrently in the world have, have demonstrated that the need to render more meaningful service to humanity is, is even more urgent. And what the Baha'i community has tried to do is not just to view this period of time as a hiatus that we kind of just have to endure <laughs> with patience, but as a time when it's more important than ever to work to build vibrant communities and resilient communities where everybody can flourish and in good times, but also in, in times of crisis like this. So we have been trying to reach out to the community. There've been a lot of virtual spaces created uh, for prayer and reflection and study together. Again, open to all. Um, and I, I know a group of friends who are meeting every single night by video call, and they've done that the whole way through this period uh, for prayers and reflections. And I wonder if this is something that we're going to take forward into our new normal, this idea of kind of collective daily worship. I, I feel like that could really change our neighborhoods and our and our lives actually if we were doing that regularly one of the things that happens every time you and i chat is we ultimately find ourselves talking about the concept of persecution for those of the baha'i faith has that continued in the last three months yeah well it's it's really worrying actually michael because during this this whole crisis the baha'i community all over the world has been thinking of the baha'is in iran and they've long been persecuted uh, there. Um, recently, there's been an intensification of the persecution. And, and that's despite the fact that there's a potential second wave of the coronavirus in Iran, but an, a new series of arrests targeting at least 77 Baha'is across the country has taken place. Um, and prisoners who were previously released because of the pandemic are being called back into jail. Now, as you know, it was international best practice to release prisoners during the pandemic, unless they were dangerous. And the Baha'is are prisoners of conscience. They're law abiding and they're peaceful. They shouldn't be in prison in the first place. So it's really worrying that they're being brought back into jail and they're being arrested because obviously there's a very high risk of contracting the infection in prison. Uh, so we're calling on the Iranian authorities to release uh, the Baha'is who are in prison and to ensure that all the Baha'is in Iran are granted their human rights and their their right to freedom of religion and belief.
You're listening to The Leap of Faith, where we're reconnecting with nine people who joined us in March as the COVID-19 lockdown began. Tonight, they once again reflect on how their beliefs have guided them through the pandemic, as well as sharing their thoughts on the future. Bismillah ar-Rahman rahim In the name of God, most compassionate, ever merciful, I am Dr. Omar Al-Qadri, and I'm the chair of the Irish Muslim Peace and Integration Council and the chief imam of the Islamic Centre of Ireland. Um, first of all, I thank God, uh, the Almighty, uh, that I and my family members are safe. Um, however, at the same time, uh, my thoughts and prayers go out to all those that have lost their family members uh, and are affected and have been affected by the COVID-19 pandemic. Um, we uh, must thank God that uh, together as a nation, we have um, done our very best and we have um, minimized the impact of COVID-19 um, and, and we must continue to do so. Um, the mosques have been, the places of worship have been closed for the past four months and now they're opening again. And I think uh, obviously the experience is going to be very difficult, different than in any other aspect of our lives. Um, there will be social distancing. Social distancing is now going to remain with us for a while. Um, in the Islamic Center, we will have much less uh, capacity, uh, less worshippers, but we have more services. The big news this week coming from Saudi Arabia is that Mecca is not going to be open to visitors. Can you set that in context for, for people, the Muslim who, who wishes to make, for example, the Hajj? I know many people that had uh, planned to go on Hajj this year. Um, and like with many other things, uh, people had had their plans. Uh, but the Quran is very clear that uh, that people plan but God plans and, and God knows better. And sometimes things happen uh, that you did not anticipate. And there is always some kind of wisdom behind it. But there is one thing for sure that although Mecca is going to be closed for the pilgrims and it is heartbreaking, disappointing for many because many people have saved for years. They have looked forward to this once in a life opportunity. But I think in our religion, it is also taught that uh, as long as you had an intention to go and you did your best, even if you aren't able to uh, do the good deed that you intended to do, God will still reward you for that. So these people will still get the reward of an accepted Hajj, but please God, they will be able to go in the future, inshallah. My name is Gillian Wharton. I am the Church of Ireland Rector of the parishes of Buddhistan and Carysford with Mount Marion. Uh, we're located just about four miles southeast of Dublin city centre, out on the coast. It's extraordinary to think that it's, you know, over 90 days, just around 90 days since we began the lockdown. And one of the things that I was conscious of last Sunday, would be Father's Day, was that the first online service that I did, um, the first Sunday that we were closed as buildings for worship was Mothering Sunday. And so in some ways, it's kind of bookending um, the really strict part of, of the lockdown. And I think that whole notion of, of family um, in the widest possible sense has become something that people have been more aware of because, you know, for some families, they haven't been able to see their loved ones. And I've seen families in the hospice and in the hospital, you know, not being able to be with loved ones in the same way. And... The deprivation of that, I think, has brought home to us just how we are social people and, and need that connection with each other. And normally a family would gather around a bed at the end stage of somebody's life and 
they were coming in, they were allowed in just singly and, and not able to support each other. Um, and and they asked if I would be there. So I was kind of almost like the, the link between each visit and, and just to let, you know, go and talk to the person who was dying, let them know what was happening. And, and that's happened on a number of occasions. And just that has just, I suppose, been, been one of the hardest parts, I think, of, of my ministry um, during COVID-19 is just seeing how families have suffered and not then being able to have the support of people around them at the time of funerals. And I think that's been been kind of hard parts. Is there anything you'll hold on to? That at the end of the day, it's, it's the people that matter. So much of your time as clergy, you can, depending on where you are, you can be worrying about the church building and it needs a roof. Um, the profile almost of the parish, you know, what do people see when they look at it? And I think in COVID-19, you see what people actually look are, are the people of the community. And the rest that we spend a lot of time worrying about is not really what it's about. It's it's the people, it's the community, it's God in and working through those people, being part of them, uh, and people people's own kindness. Um, that, that's something that I'd like to to see continuing on beyond COVID nineteen to take with us. My name is Dr. Jasbir Singh Puri. I'm from the Sikh community of Ireland and practicing Sikh faith. I'm a retired consultant in East Cities. And as far as possible, because this situation was totally a lockdown, people were fixed into their chairs, you know, or to the bed, you know. They were not going out, maximum two kilometers they were going. Not everybody was going out, uh, especially above 70. They were cocooned totally. So when it's said in our community also, always see young community in Ireland, we do our congregational prayers normally in the Gurdwara and we serve food to everybody there. So, but what we decided that every Sunday we will have a online prayers from there. And then a lot of young people, you know, we gather together like on Zoom meeting and we were doing uh, there is a epistle of peace for Sikh community. We call it Sukhmani Sahib. There are 24,000 words in that. And we say these 24,000 words are like your breath. So every breath of yours will be in the name of the God if you uh, do that sermon in a day. So what we did, there were eight or nine people. So we will read one stanza. You know, there are 24 stanzas. We will read one stanza, then we'll take it by turn. And I, I was going to Gurdwara on a Sunday to do the recitation from there and which they will do it. Although, because there were other people who were cooking food, you know, uh, and to give it to the frontline workers. Your community you know. fed a lot of people. Yes, they, they, they did. We did. It's a small community. Our community total in Ireland is about 1,200 people, but we were feeding about Five to six hundred people a day, and everybody donated, you know, rice and all those things, and they were just left into the gurdwara. Then the we got our kitchen approved from the HSE that it is fit to serve public. You know. Finally, it's I believe your birthday this month, and you will now what be sixty nine. Yeah. You re-registered with the medical council. Are you going yeah. to keep working? 
No, if, if they will uh, tell me, you know, that they are, they need me, I will definitely go, you know. And my my birthday was on 21st of June, the day, the International Day of Yoga. And uh, if the need arises to work as an institute, I'll definitely go. My name is Fiona English. Um, I research and speak about spirituality, and I'm particularly interested in non-denominational faith. Um, and as we exit COVID, um, I think I've been quite thankful for time that I've had over the last three months, even though it's been quite difficult. I've been separated from friends and family. I'm looking forward to spending time with people again, but also I want to, I suppose, see time as something that continues to be sacred in my life. And um, I often encourage people that I, I that do my courses on spirituality to consider time to be sacred. And I think it's something that we give away very easily. Um, and I want to make sure that I, as someone who's a proponent of that, make sure that I, I maintain that as a sacred part of my life going forward. And time was always sacred. That was the idea of the Sabbath or sabbaticals or church services or whatever you're inclined to participate in. So just because you have more time doesn't mean that you have to fill it up. Fiona, the period that we're heading into next, where a lot of people are going back to a form of normal, there will be other people who are feeling very anxious about what might happen next in a a second wave, for example. Um, I think that that's normal. Um, I don't, I'm not a proponent that we should rush back into any way of normality. Um, And even from a psychological perspective, I actually posted something on social media on Monday and talked about self-compassion, that whether you're rushing back into life or you're feeling anxious about it, that's really normal. And the best thing that you can do for yourself is to apply some compassion to the fact that you are doing your best at the moment. Um, And like, there's no way of getting out of the fact that we've suffered a collective trauma and in any trauma, whether it's individual or collective, you will suffer a kind of a hangover from it, you know, and um, self-compassion is is linked with lower anxiety. Um, it's linked with lower PTSD, for example. Um, and I'd really encourage people to, to go slowly and to recognize that this is not normal, what you've been through and, and you're anxious. And that's like, that's normal. I would suspect that everybody is anxious in some way at the moment. Um, and to give yourself the time to integrate what has happened. I mean, it's uh, the it's the biggest wartime shutdown of society. It's not normal that you would just walk back out into the world and feel okay. So I'd really encourage people to, to really be as compassionate with yourself, to treat yourself like how you would a friend or a loved one. Um, and, to, and, to, and again, to ask for help if that's what you need, to ask or to speak to somebody if that's what you need. Because, I mean, even I, I research positive psychology for a living. I coach people. I'm very well trained in this. And even I've had moments where I've had to reach out and say to somebody, this is hard and, and I'd like a hug and I can't have that at the moment, you know? So like simple things that we can't have. So whatever you're going through, I think is an order experience and, and be really kind to yourself. Well, I'm Reverend Myozan Kodo Kilroy and I'm the founding teacher of Zen Buddhism Ireland. I'm a Soto Zen Buddhist priest and I'm the president of the Irish Buddhist Union. The world has been transformed greatly since since I was on this, this show uh, 90 plus days ago. Uh, many people have uh, re-evaluated everything about the way they live their lives. People have lost their lives very tragically. Uh, people have been left bereaved. People have been left struggling with isolation, with mental health issues, with uh, depression indeed. People have lost their jobs. So we've been through the mill and it continues. Uh, but we've also discovered uh, maybe some gifts that we always had and that maybe we had lost sight of. Uh, for example, I think many of us have rediscovered 
simplicity and what is important about the simple simple things in life um just uh, being at home and looking out onto the garden uh, uh having uh, someone phone you up and have a you know a short conversation ringing up someone to see how they're getting on these simple things these simple securities that give us so much um kind of solace in our in our life i think have uh, we've rediscovered them in many ways um and we've done this in in a kind of a solitude i suppose where we've had to make peace with ourselves many of us so it's it's been something like a a a, a kind of a, a retreat a spiritual retreat the last three months uh, and i suppose out of this solitude in some ways um comes this new appreciation of uh, what we call sangha in our tradition of community of not being alone and of supporting one another Finally, you have a prayer that you'd share with us this evening, uh, which gives you an element of inspiration. Yes, uh, this is this is a prayer that I've I've prayed a lot over the last couple of months. It's a, a prayer for humanity. It's in fact a prayer which is performed by the Dalai Lama in his his own daily uh, practice. Uh, it's written by Shantideva, an eighth-century uh, Buddhist uh, monk. Prayer for humanity. May I be a guard for those who need protection a guide for those on the path, a boat, a raft, a bridge for those who wish to cross the flood. May I be a lamp in the darkness, a resting place for the weary, a healing medicine for all who are sick, a vase of plenty, a tree of miracles. And for the boundless multitudes of living beings, may I bring sustenance and awakening, enduring like the earth and sky until all beings are freed from sorrow and all are awakened. And that's our programme for this week and indeed the series. We'll be back in the autumn. You'll find listings for religious programmes and services on rte.ie. From our producer Sheila O'Callaghan, broadcast coordinator Jarnold Holland and me, Michael Cummins, goodbye. <laughs>